This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, we're here in Geneva, Switzerland, where the stage is set for the high-stakes summit between Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin, President Biden's tough message for his Russian adversary. The leader's first face-to-face -face meeting since President Biden took office. How he's preparing, what to expect, and the topics on the table. Plus, a prisoner swap? Could Americans be heading home in exchange for Russian criminals? Lifting restrictions. Restaurants, stadiums now at full capacity in California and New York. But a grim reminder as the U.S. passes 600,000 COVID deaths. The Trump emails, the requests from the former president and his chief of staff that the acting head of the Justice Department called pure insanity, plus nearly 500 arrests in connection to the January 6th Capitol riot. The heat is on, record-setting temperatures as 200 million Americans face temperatures over 90 degrees over the next week. Grounded, what kept hundreds of Southwest planes from taking off for the second time in 24 hours. On the front lines, we're reporting from the Russian-Ukrainian border with Ukraine's president, why he says every American should care about what Russia is doing in Eastern Europe. And city of diplomacy. We'll look at Geneva's rich history, including a visit to the chateau that helped bring the end of the Cold War. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting tonight from the Presidential Summit in Geneva, Switzerland. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight right here in Switzerland, where just hours from now, President Biden will face off with Russia's Vladimir Putin in what may be the most consequential and contentious showdown of his presidency. Now, sources tell CBS News Mr. Biden arrives at his first summit with the Russian leader with clear eyes and low expectations. Relations between the U.S. and Russia have all but broken down, and tonight the White House says there's little hope for a major breakthrough. Instead, President Biden plans to call on Mr. Putin to cooperate on the world stage and call him out for covert attacks and cyber crimes targeting American commerce and democracy. At another summit with Russia held right here 35 years ago, Ronald Reagan said he would trust but verify. Well, tonight, in a sign of how much has changed between these two countries, Mr. Biden now says he will insist on verifying before ever trusting Vladimir Putin. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is also here with reporting on one of the topics expected to be addressed tomorrow, those Americans being held prisoner in Moscow. But first, CBS's Nancy Cordes is here traveling with the president and is going to lead off our coverage. Good evening. Nancy. Nora, everything we are going to see at this summit here tomorrow is going to be highly choreographed. The Americans leaving as little to chance as possible in order to avoid surprises. In fact, Presidents Biden and Putin won't even share a meal, even though they'll be sitting together in a room for hours. President Biden says he's going into this summit with full European support. We're committed to the same democratic norms and institutions. And, are, uh, and they are increasingly under attack. He didn't say by Russia, but it's clear that's what he meant. In a provocatively timed move this week, the Russian Navy began conducting exercises with ships and long-range bombers just three to 500 miles west of Hawaii. Tomorrow's summit will take place at this 18th century villa on Lake Geneva. Presidents Putin and Biden will both be greeted by the Swiss president, who will make remarks and then leave. The two leaders will then be joined by one advisor each and an interpreter. They'll meet for a while as a small group, and then the summit will open up to four more aides from each side. All told, the meetings could last four to five hours. I'm going to make clear to President Putin that... There are areas where we can't cooperate if he chooses. Unlike President Trump's summit in 2018, President Biden will never be alone with President Putin, and he won't hold a joint press conference with Putin afterwards. Mr. Biden plans to press Putin on the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the poisoning and jailing of dissidents like Alexei Navalny, and the recent cyber attacks on U.S. businesses. Companies are concerned about it. I asked Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo today about Putin's claim that there's no evidence the hackers are based in Russia. I think we all know that that isn't true. There is plenty of proof that a number of cyber attacks in the past few years uh, have come from Russia. And the president, I think, will take that up with him when they meet tomorrow. Nancy is back with us. So, Nancy, White House sources say they don't expect any big breakthroughs. But what are they hoping to accomplish? Well, White House aides told us today what they really want is for both sides to come away with a clearer understanding of where their national interests do align, where they can work together, and the start of a plan for how to do that. Uh, they also want Mr. Putin to understand exactly how President Biden is going to respond 
if Russia threatens the national interest again. So much at stake. Nancy Cordes, thank you. And while the White House is downplaying those expectations, one very sensitive issue is the fate of two Americans jailed in Russia. CBS's Ed O'Keefe tonight on a possible prisoner swap. At his high-stakes meeting Wednesday with President Putin, White House officials say President Biden is expected to raise the fate of two former Marines held in Russian prisons, Paul Whelan and Trevor Reed. CBS News has obtained new audio of Reed's latest plea for freedom, recorded just today. I spent my whole life in the service of my country, and I would appreciate it if my country would bring me home. Whelan, arrested in 2018, is serving 16 years in jail on spying charges. Nothing's translated, Your Honor. I don't know what you said. Reed, arrested a year later, was charged with assaulting police officers. Both say they were set up and are political pawns. We spoke with Reed's family this afternoon. What would be success coming out of this summit, in your view, when it comes to Trevor? For me, it would just be that they are uh, making a plan to free him soon. It's not going to happen overnight. He's not going to fly home with the president. But at least that there is some good talks that they agree that he will be coming home soon. How hopeful are you that President Biden's actually going to be able to bring Trevor home? Well, let's just put it this way. It's the most hopeful we've been in almost two years. Trevor Reed has seven years left in his sentence. President Putin has proposed a prisoner swap, but U.S. officials tell CBS News that's off the table. Nora. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, California and New York State are back in business. Most remaining COVID restrictions are now lifted in those states. And while that's reason to celebrate, this comes on the same day that the U.S. passed 600,000 COVID deaths. CBS's Carter Evans reports from Los Angeles. Tonight, a grand reopening for the first state COVID closed, California. Mass mandates and social distancing rules are over for the fully vaccinated. Finally, we are here, June 15th, to turn the page. It's especially exciting for businesses that lost business. It feels amazing. There's a new life. We've reached the end of the, a very long tunnel, and we're super excited to be back open. Tonight, fireworks will punctuate New York relaxing COVID rules now that 70% of adults have at least one shot. What does 70% mean? It means that we can now return to life as we know it. And the White House says it's planning a 4th of July bash to celebrate independence from the virus. But COVID isn't over yet. Cases are now rising in at least six states. And now the focus is on the widening vaccination gap. Vermont leads the nation with nearly 84% of adults at least partially vaccinated. But in Mississippi, it's just 45%. This is the more contagious Delta variant continues to spread in the U.S. It seems like we're hearing more frequently about people who are vaccinated or partially vaccinated becoming infected with this variant. So the one thing that happened in India, and we can learn from this, is that you need two doses of this vaccine to completely get your immune response perfect against the Delta variant. Who I'm concerned right now is any vulnerable person who hasn't been vaccinated. California is reopening now. Are you concerned at all about people not getting the vaccine now and this variant continuing to spread? They need this time to celebrate. They have been through a really hard time and I'm excited about the reopening today. I'm not worried.
And in another sign of normalcy tonight, the stands here at Dodger Stadium will be filled to capacity with 56,000 people for the first time in just about two years now. Also, during the game, they're going to be vaccinating fans right up through the seventh inning. Nora. Sounds like a home run. Carter Evans, thank you. All right, tonight there are alarming new numbers in the epidemic of gun violence. There have been 278 mass shootings this year, meaning four or more victims. Now that is more than double the number from 2018. This morning, two people were shot and killed, two others wounded at a factory in Albertville, Alabama. Police say the shooter took his own life. No word on a motive. And there was gunfire early this morning on Chicago's south side. Four people were shot and killed, four others injured and taken to hospitals. No arrests have been made. There's been a flood of violence across Chicago with, listen to this, 38 people shot since Sunday. Tonight, we're learning new details of the relentless effort by former President Trump to get the Justice Department to investigate his wild and false claims that the election was stolen. Here's CBS's Chris Van Cleve. Tonight, newly released emails show consistent pressure from the Trump White House on top DOJ officials to overturn the election. This December email contained baseless claims of fraud in Michigan, with the subject heading from POTUS, short for the president. A senior DOJ official called a January 1st email from Chief of Staff Mark Meadows about voter fraud caused by Italian satellites, pure insanity. To another Meadows email, acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen wrote a colleague, can you believe this? I'm not going to respond. After his efforts to pressure the Department of Justice failed, President Trump grew even more desperate. And so on the morning of January 6th, he sent an angry, violent mob to the Capitol. Tonight, a South Carolina couple seen holding hands inside the Capitol among the latest charged linked to January 6th. FBI Director Christopher Wray told a House Oversight Committee close to 500 have been arrested, with more likely. Do you agree that the FBI shares some blame for the failures on January 6th? Do you take any responsibility for these failures? Our goal is to bat a thousand, and anytime there's an attack, we consider that to be unacceptable. As rioters broke through police lines and into the Capitol on the 6th, the House Oversight Committee revealed police and city leaders made a dozen requests over about three hours for the National Guard to respond to the Capitol. The final plea came as a written memo from the Capitol Police Chief. We were not positioned to respond to that urgent request. We had to re-prepare, so we would send them in prepared for this now, this new mission. In the wake of the Capitol attack, the Attorney General Merrick Garland today announced a new strategy for combating domestic terrorism, and that may include seeking a new criminal statute to make it easier to prosecute those crimes. Nora? Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Well, tonight, heat records are being shattered as a heat dome has clamped down over the western half of the country. People in Texas are being urged to turn up their thermostats because the power grid may not be able to handle the demand. In San Jose, California, fire crews struggled to fight a wildfire in extreme drought conditions. It may have been sparked by a metallic balloon hitting wires. CS's Lonnie Quinn joins us now with a very hot forecast. And Lonnie, what's causing all this? Okay, look, you've got you've got the hot air combined with the dry conditions you're talking about. It's a bad, bad combination. I mean, if you look at where the drought is right now, three quarters of the western U.S. is under a severe drought or worse. It's the exact area, Nora, that's got all of this record heat. Sheridan, Wyoming today hit 107 degrees. 
Do you realize that is the hottest temperature that Sheridan, Wyoming has ever recorded? And it's hot again tomorrow. It's 116 in Las Vegas. It's 105 in Grand Junction, Colorado. What we need is some rain in that area. Uh, that will obviously help with the drought. It will also lower the temperatures, but we don't see it. Right through the weekend, it remains dry, basically dry in that area. Now, you will notice rain pushing into the area around Louisiana. Let me show you where that might be coming from. There is a tropical system around the coast of Mexico right now. We're not 100% sure where this is going. Some of the computer models are saying that could be our next storm pushing into Mexico over towards the Pacific Ocean. But there's a lot of guidance that says, hey, maybe it's moving right towards Texas or Louisiana. We've got to keep an eye on it. Nothing is set in stone right now, but it is something to watch. Nora? Lonnie Quinn, thank you so much. All right, besides the U.S. and Russia, no country has more at stake in tomorrow's summit than Ukraine, which is locked in a seven-year battle with Russian-backed rebels. President Biden has not ruled out letting Ukraine join NATO. CBS's Holly Williams went with Ukraine's president to the front line in that battle. The trenches in Ukraine look like something out of World War I, but this is modern-day Europe, and the fighting's claimed more than 13,000 lives. We hiked through decimated villages with Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, at one point so close to the enemy, we were told they could hear us. In May, two guys were killed by snipers. The Russian-backed rebel fighters are about 700 yards in that direction, and some say this is the front line in a new Cold War that's brewing between Russia and the US. The war began in 2014 when Vladimir Putin sent troops to seize control of Crimea and backed an armed insurgency in eastern Ukraine. This year, Russia massed an estimated 40,000 troops on Ukraine's border. Why should ordinary Americans care what's happening here in Ukraine? It can be tomorrow, their houses. You're saying if Russia will do this here, I didn't know. it might do it tomorrow in the rest of Why Europe? Why not? Why not? The next day attack America. Why not? I don't know why. Why not? That may sound like an exaggeration, but experts say Russian hackers are using Ukraine as a testing ground before employing similar tactics in the US. America's supported Ukraine with money, weapons and training, though President Zelensky's chief of staff told us what Ukraine really wants is America's backing to join NATO. We hope and believe this. Our strategic partners, United States, help us and helps today, now, not tomorrow, not in one year, not in two years, now. In the US, there are fears that NATO membership could ratchet up tensions. President Zelensky argues Ukraine deserves more support from its friends. Holly Williams, CBS News, in eastern Ukraine. Today was another rough day for Southwest Airlines passengers. For the second time in 24 hours, technical glitches interfered with flights. About half of Southwest flights were canceled or delayed today, leaving thousands temporarily stranded. Well, tonight, some good news. Southwest says the problem's been fixed. All right, when Mackenzie Scott writes checks, they usually come with a lot of zeros. The billionaire philanthropist who was married to Amazon's Jeff Bezos just donated $2.7 billion to 286 organizations. Many focus on racial and social justice. Scott, who's reportedly worth more than $50 billion, has vowed to give away her fortune until she says the safe is empty. 
A word about where we are tonight, Geneva, Switzerland, a city that is no stranger to deal-making and peacekeeping. Everywhere you look in Geneva are symbols of what can be accomplished when the world works together. The League of Nations headquartered here after World War I, the Red Cross founded here, and the Geneva Conventions signed here. Switzerland isn't just known for chocolate and army knives. The Swiss have long been known as being neutral. Geneva is a city that creates the space for diplomacy. The United States and Russia have history here, too. This chateau is where Ronald Reagan met the leader of the Soviet Union, Mikhail Gorbachev, in 1985. And the U.S. president made it clear that the two superpowers could be the ones to start World War III or be the ones to bring peace to the world. Now this city of peace hosts this next historic summit. And tomorrow, all eyes here on Geneva, and we will be here to witness it with you. Tomorrow, the Biden-Putin summit right here in Geneva. I'll anchor a CBS News special report when President Biden holds his news conference. And we'll be back for the CBS Evening News as well. If you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Geneva. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night from Geneva. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.